WMUN, all kinds of people, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz, getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, 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 everybody. Top of the morning. Welcome to all kinds of people. I hope everybody's off to a good start this week. I'm uh, absolutely delighted to have Ron Naylor, oh, uh, uh, Reverend Ron Naylor, as our guest this week. So, Ron, welcome to Wolf Boom Studios. Well, thank you, Dr. Joe. I good appreciate, to be here. appreciate you making the trip out. Um, I'm going to back up to Plymouth, Indiana, uh, your hometown. Yes. Um, and maybe share the audience a little bit about your three brothers and sister and what kind of things you um, kind of got into with the family back in those days, back in Plymouth? Well, we moved to Plymouth when I was in the third grade. My father was a, an engineer with 3M Corporation, and uh, I had, uh, I was the oldest of five, and so my brothers and sister came along a little later. All and those little baby kids All those later little babies. On. Yeah. I learned to babysit at an early age. <laughs> and uh, so we, uh, we just, Plymouth was a great place to grow up. And it was uh, a town of about 8,000 when I was there. And um, my brothers and I did what, normal kids do. We were playing sports, although I was, uh, I, I love basketball, and I thought I could make the team at Plymouth High School, and uh, one of the real disappointments was getting cut from the freshman team. But uh, I can share fun. that with you back in East Detroit <laughs> High School, thank you. So, uh, And I'm aware of your basketball uh, interest, just seeing you at the Ball State basketball games all the time with those good seats you've got, so right. that's very good. Um, when you went into high school, um, was there a direction you were thinking about as you got through to your junior, senior year about what you wanted to do? Well, I was uh, really, I, th I thought I would go pre-law when I moved on to college. And uh, so I was a political science major, and my senior year I became also, a, I doubled my major with religion. I had a, I had a chaplain in college, a young guy out of the Naval, uh, who'd just come back from the Navy, Yale Divinity School, a graduate, and really was a influence on my life and career. And so um, that was pretty, pretty determining factor where I changed from going to law school, which really did not excite my dad. He thought that might be a little better career uh, than um, the ministry. But, um, and also, I, 
I would say my wife, Susan, and I both are from Plymouth. We both graduated in 1963. And you both met in high school. We both met when we were 12 years old. Yep. And so um, she probably wasn't real excited about uh, being a minister's wife, but uh, she turned out to be a, a real support to me over the years. Yeah, and as you went on to Westminster College in Missouri, right? that's where you met this individual that had an influence on you. That's and right. I assume you totally locked into the whole idea of eventually becoming a minister. Well, I really started to enjoy theology. I started to uh, appreciate um, the church in a broader sense. And could see, because of this chaplain, who was a real authentic kind of a guy, I, I did not want to be one of these pious kind of ministers. Those kind of people had always turned me off. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to go into ministry, if I'm going to really uh, respond to the call that I felt you know, God had on my life, I was going to be authentic. I wasn't going to be one of these pious type people. <laughs> and I'm, I am fascinated by the fact that it seems to me that when you decide to go into the ministry, you really assume a caring for a congregation, which can consume a considerable amount of time as they all come to you to want to talk and share and seek help. and. Being a minister, I think a lot of people have no idea what the time is all about because a lot of people see you on Sunday morning and they say, oh boy, what a great job you have. You just hear a couple hours a week. I would say if a clergy person is doing what they need to be doing in, in any church, um, it's a 50, 60, sometimes 70 hour a week job. It's it's a real commitment, and uh, I think you need to be able to really know your congregation, um, know your flock, so to speak, and, um, you know, you prepare sermons, but that, that doesn't happen in an hour or two. You have to spend, you know, when I was a young minister, I was spending 10, 12 hours a week writing a sermon. I do a little better at that now, but um, still, there's a lot of commitment, a lot of work involved. Yeah, at counseling, um, church meetings, a lot of administration, um, and getting involved in community with mission, and all of those things are part of what any clergy person does. Yeah, and I, I, I think as you said, if you do a good job at that then you have a congregation that respects you and comes to you for assistance, which takes up more time as you go along. When you left Westminster, you went on to Princeton yes. to Divinity School. Right. What are some recollections of the Princeton campus um, and Divinity School in particular? Princeton is just like a little oasis in the state of New Jersey. Um, and it's a gorgeous campus and gorgeous town. And uh, 
the, the Theological Seminary at Princeton is really one of the top theological schools in the world. And I think um, we were very fortunate to have the largest theological library, um, I think, in the United States at the time, and had wonderful, wonderful uh, professors um, who were not only uh, great teachers, but great caring individuals. And um, that was that was really significant. Within your classmates, I'm, I, I found myself wondering, was there some competition uh, when it came close to graduation to see who was going to get the bigger parish? <laughs> and it well, seems to be out of line of religion, but it just People seems... always joked, uh, Joe, um, some, some guys would say, you know, they're going to be the first ones uh, to make it to Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, but... Um, in reality, um, there is a little competition. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to go down that path, but I thought, well, they all have to, after graduation, head to a parish someplace. And That's you, right. Do your compare number. You, you went on to Port Huron, in Michigan. Was that the first? Well, my first church actually was Rushville, Indiana. Okay, okay. And um, we, uh, we came back to Rushville and... Um, it was um, a really good place to come back to. We had a child that was very ill, and so coming back to Indiana, we were closer to family. To family and everything, yeah. yeah. We're talking with Ron Naylor, everybody, the Reverend Naylor, that is, and um, we'll be back and pursue this career path that ended up in Muncie, Indiana, right after this break. This is WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, hey everybody. Welcome back. I'm with Ron Naylor. Um, excuse me, the Reverend Ron Naylor. Um, retired from First Presbyterian Church, but when we were last with Ron, we were talking about uh, those early parishes that you were involved with. Maybe mention a couple others before you articulated back to Muncie? Yeah, uh, Dr. Joe, I was after Rushville and Greenville, Ohio for five years and Port Huron, Michigan for six years. Back to my home state, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And then we came to Muncie in 1985, thinking I'd probably be here seven or eight years, which turned out to be 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> 28 years. What, what does it take for a pastor to come into a new environment and build not only a relationship but the foundation of a local church? What are some of the elements of that? Well, And in a, particular, if you come to a church that had a pastor that was fairly popular. <laughs> well, years ago— one of my predecessors was Dr. Gishler, who was here 30 years and was very popular and an outstanding preacher 
and was the person that actually um, brought the church from downtown where the congregation had been, the church building, out to this uh, somewhat remote place on Riverside Avenue that now um, is in the center of Ball State. And there was a lot of good vision, I think, on the part of the church at that time to see the potential for um, the congregation to be in that place. And I know you also were involved with the World Council of Churches. Can you that was go back and remember? <clears throat> yeah, that was back in the 80s. And I had the opportunity uh, to go to Europe, to <clears throat> Geneva, to be um, a part of the World Council, uh, to be um, part of a um, study group at the World Council. Later, I, I had the opportunity in recent years to represent the Presbyterian Church uh, at the Vatican and um, later with church leaders in Central Europe. Those experiences were rich, real learning experiences. Um, and I'm forever grateful to have had those, those experiences. I'm curious, Ron, to, to know what it's like to go to one of those sessions, which represents a variety of religions, mm -hmm. and what kinds of conversations take place when there might be some minor differences among their pursuits? Well, one of the um, misnomers about the World Council is many people saw it as a very liberal um, organization. That, that really was not my experience. I found it to be a very spiritual experience. And, um, and yes, when you bring people in with different theological perspectives, there's got to be some give and take. And that's what I experienced, that what we found were the things we had in common, not the differences. And um, there were some amazing stories that I heard um, at the World Council. Yeah, it had to be just a very unique experience to have such a wide range of ministers, yeah. priests, all come together it to was. share a bunch of spiritual stories and the direction that the churches need to be going. Well, that was uh, the thing I found that the World Council was doing wonderful things in some of what we call the third world countries where there's real poverty and where as a world church uh, we could affect some change in some of the political um, political things going on. For example, this is a quick story, but this give you an example. There was a, um, in Uruguay, there was a pastor who had a little congregation in a little town and the government was coming in and you couldn't worship on Sunday when the leader of the government came in. And this little uh, congregation decided they were going to do that. And the pastor was arrested and uh, put in jail. It was the World Council that put pressure on that nation 
that finally released the pastor. To make that change. To make that change. Yeah. We don't hear about those things. You only hear about some of the um, more controversial yeah, issues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. We're with Ron Naylor, everybody, the Reverend Ron Naylor, who for 28 years uh, was at the leadership of the First Presbyterian Church in Muncie. Um, so retirement, Susan and you have been together since grade school. 56 years. Yeah, 56 <laughs> years. Um, with two sons, mm-hmm. uh, both of us at one time took our sons for a high school graduation party <laughs> on a little boat. But what are you and Susan up to with some of the retirement time? Well, since retirement, I've, I've been at Westminster Village. Um, I've been there for the last five years as the chaplain, which is just been an incredibly enriching What's experience. been good about that, Ron? What's been well, good about that? Well, just the daily interaction with the residents, and and I'm also the chaplain to the staff, so I have the opportunity to be kind of front line if staff is, are having problems, marriage problems, um, other kinds of problems. They come in to, to talk. And I just visit our residents in all the various areas at Westminster. So you spend your time kind of strolling around Westminster. I am pretty much. Getting to know people very well. Every day is different, yeah. Sure, sure. But Susan and I are really, um, we've we've been doing a lot of traveling. Uh, This next week we'll be with some friends in Canada. We're going to Niagara Falls and then to Stratford to the Shakespeare Festival. Okay. And we'll be there for about a week. Okay. And then later we hope to get up to Quebec City and Montreal later in the fall. Yeah. And then two boys. I have two sons, two great sons. Uh, Joel, who lives in Yorktown. Well, he did live in Yorktown. He just moved. And uh, he lives up in Carrington Woods now. And Joel works at Delaware Dynamics. Okay. He's a tool and die maker, and he's been there 30 years. And he is a terrific guy. And um, my other son, Ryan, is an attorney up in Chicago. He and his wife are both lawyers. And um, so we get up Chicago to see the Cubs and to see Ryan and Sarah. The Cubs, the Cubs. <laughs> Being a Detroit Tiger fan, everybody, Ron and I have a little disagreement with it, but we won't go down that path, thank you, at all, I don't think. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, as you sit back once in a while um, and take a break, what you think about what changes seem to be occurring, not only in the ministry, but in things like the development of other churches that don't necessarily have a denominational tie Mm-hmm. in our society right now? Well, it's very interesting. There's a lot going on in Christianity today. Um, mainline denominations seem to be losing members. You have some of these independent churches um, that have all kinds of names um, that seem to be, in many cases, growing. Um, and it's it's very interesting to me that um, no one seems to uh, have a lot of respect for edu- theological education in 
some of these other churches where in our denominational churches, you know, it's required. So, it's required. So it's going to be an interesting experience to see what happens down the road. We've been with Ron Naylor, everybody, after 28 years with First Presbyterian in Muncie. Ron, I so appreciate you coming in to chat on all kinds of people and uh, wish you and Susan the best moving forward with little trips, uh, along with stopping in to see the boys once in a while. So, And for all of you out there, stay with us on all kinds of people. WMUN, the talk of Muncie, 92.5. Have a good week. It's Dr. Joe saying enjoy the rest of this week. Thanks for tuning in.